if you would ask him, you know, what are the key lessons from all of this? He'd say, get a mentor or mastermind happening for you because his whole business was built inside that mastermind slash mentor community. Salesmarketingprofit.com Real world case studies. No theory, just real results. You're listening to SMP with James Shramko and Taki Moore. James Shramko here. Welcome back to Sales Marketing Profit. I'm very, very excited to have my co-host for this show, Taki Moore. Back on solid ground. How are you, dude? Good. We're both in Australia right now. Yes, that's right. Uh, you were away. I was away. Where'd you go? I went to uh, Philippines because I want a nice hot yeah. climate, catch up with the team, and then uh, zipped over to London to meet up with my Superfast Business members, which is quite a strong community there. Interestingly, because I spoke there uh, several years ago, maybe f- about four years ago, I, I spoke in s- several markets around the world, uh, London being a significant market, and it's still a very strong community as a residual from those speaking events where yeah, yeah. You know, people took up a package that included access to my community and they've stayed for for that long and a few new ones have joined. So the, the lesson there for marketers is it's great to export market, go to other countries, establish communities, put in the hard work and they can have a long residual payoff as long as you maintain them. And I've been to London about five times. It's important to be present where you want to market and Today's case study is going to be really interesting because it's actually going to be focused on the Dubai market, which is another place that I went to speak. And and our case study today was someone who attended a live event that I spoke at, bought a program that I was selling, and you're going to find out what happened. But tell me where you went. We've been uh, gallivanting. Hey, usually uh, we do Christmas in one of three locations, either New Zealand, where my wife's fam is, Melbourne, where my fam is, and we usually kind of do that one year the other the year after and the year three somewhere else in the world having a good time and this year my wife decided to do all three in one trip so we had uh three weeks in fiji um jacques Cousteau was my hero when i was a, a teenager you know underwater documentary dude and his son jean-michel Cousteau runs a resort in fiji mm-hmm. so we were there uh scuba diving snorkeling seeing sharks and turtles and stuff and then uh, new zealand just landed in melbourne a day or two ago scorching hot right now 36 degrees and uh melting (laughs) well i'm looking out over the pacific ocean and you know what i'll be doing after this call i've got a real relatively good idea (laughs) all right yeah we you know having gone from boiling hot to freezing cold to the best place on earth manly beach of course super biased it's hard to top it's such a lovely place so we're blessed that we, we work in a field that allows us to be able to you know maintain a business even while we are traveling and and as long as we have internet connectivity every now and then it really is a miracle isn't it yeah we're good to go i remember the the second coach i ever worked with a guy called mike and uh you know i was kind of new into the in the kind of coaching world and i said so mate if you could if you could live anywhere in the world where would you want to live and i thought he was going to say like new york or, or paris and he just looked at me and he didn't even blink he just said summer <laughs> and that just kind of i was like what a great answer and i kind of shifted my thinking and kind of my theme last year was to live in summer. And so we're doing, you know, we do four months off a year traveling around the world with the fam and uh, Sydney, San Francisco, spent some time in Rio this year, kind of uh, late last year, rather kind of that's on my list of maybe third city. It's going to be good. Yeah. 
Well, uh, having it, having done a winter London, I'm going to be rocking Sydney winter. It's gonna, it's like <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be awesome. Shorts, flip flops, and a and a hoodie. Maybe uh, it's going to be so cruisy. All right, let's just jump in. Yeah, we're talking about a guy called James Reynolds. He's uh, been a long time student of mine. One of the longest members of my Silver Circle community. He has a website called Veravo, uh, which is um, it's a made up name. And it was actually born in our environment. It was actually d- developed as a concept. It was created from scratch inside our community and built from the ground up. So I'm really proud of what James has done with this. And I've been involved since before day one, so to speak. Love that. Yeah. So he actually came along to a conference. I, I went and spoke in Dubai because I was really interested in going to different markets. And Dubai is a fascinating place because it's full of foreigners Pretty much 90% of the people there are from somewhere else. Real blend of English and Indians and Pakistani and Americans and Aussies, especially in the construction trade. It It's an emerging market. It's got pretty bad internet connectivity and it's a little bit primitive in terms of where they're at from, the from say, the US market. We thought Australia might have lagged a little bit, but Dubai is still sort of an establishing market. They're still blocked from some softwares, et cetera. Yeah, but he went along to this event at the time. He needed to figure out something better than than the six day week, thirteen hour type of business that most people do when they're in a career scenario. Uh, you know, he he was in the same sort of situation that I was in, where he was working for someone else. He was at that top level after ten years, where he really needed to become a partner or a, a stakeholder in the business or move on, and he was pretty much. He built this whole thing up and then he was forced out. Uh, you know, he quit, but it was really like a it was it was like you quit or or you gotta go type scenario. There's nowhere else to go. And he hadn't even been paid for three months. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in Dubai, if you don't have a job, you have to leave the country. Is that right? Yep. They don't have unemployment. There's this I believe, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's a, a regulation if you don't have a job, you have to leave. And there's all these cars at the car park that just have dust on them where people just drive to the airport and leave. But he had high expenses. He was paying off two properties because they were going through a building boom. He had an expensive sports car and he'd got a, a credit card debt and he lobs along to this event. So he was literally up shit creek without a paddle. Man, stressful. It is. So he's got no cash, a bunch of expenses, wrong, you know, in a kind of somebody else's country and he's kind of looking at the wall. Yeah. And he uh, basically had to give up his properties and he lost a quarter of a million dollars doing that. He had to sell the car and he got threats from the credit card company uh, to be reported to the police. Uh, because in Dubai, if you bounce a check, that's a jailable offense, right? So it's it's pretty serious stuff. <laughs> so they're, they're real, real lenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not quite <laughs> we cut your hand off, but it's yeah. a pretty draconian place if you yeah, get yeah. on the wrong side of things. So he basically had this do do or die. Totally, he's got yeah, he's up against the wall, and he's got to either figure it out or he's going to go out, uh, you know, kind of go down. So talk to me. This is kind of when he entered your world. What did he say? We came along to the event. He saw that I was sort of talking about an alternative way of doing things, and he basically had to get good at identifying the right things to work on. That's a message I'm always pushing forward, and I take it straight from Peter Drucker, who I hold up there as a genius. 
it's all about doing the right things. And you see all this yeah. take action, take action mantras online. It's just such crap. If you take the wrong action, it just accelerates your failure. If you walk away from the watering hole in the desert, you're still going to die. Yep. <laughs> like you, you might need to only walk three steps in the right direction yeah. to get the watering hole instead of walking 10 kilometers in the wrong direction to the nearest town. So here's what he did. He had a call with me after he quit his job and I helped him identify the best business model for him, which we worked out in an emerging market. He was in the perfect place to do local business consulting. And this is what I call the middleman model. And in short, it's selling all types of online marketing services such as websites, SEO, pay-per-click marketing, social media, and then using suppliers to deliver. And the key point is suppliers. You don't try and deliver this yourself. It's a, it's a very common mistake that people make. So what's the down? Yeah, tell me what happens if you do try to do it yourself. Like what are the pitfalls? You run out of capacity. Right. Uh, you have 180 hours a month to, to work. And let's say you like work your butt off and you're a workaholic. You might have 300 hours, but that's it. And after that, you can't do it. So people switch from being a, a business owner to a website developer. And A, they're not usually that good at being a website developer. And B, you can only pro- process so much work till you run out of capacity. And now you can't go on market and get more customers. And now you have a very job-like business. So you've got to focus more on the selling. So he got out there and he sold. He networked and he cold called and he direct mailed, but he also used a really amazing strategy that I was helping people with. I actually had another member of Silver Circle who had uh, a really effective process for doing video reviews. And his name is Kevin McKillop, mm. also someone who uh, joined my community early on. I said, Kevin, this is so good, you should sell it. So he had this whole video program where he taught people how to pitch deals via video because it's leveraged yep. and totally. templated and scalable. Now, just as a little side note, I heard from Kevin last week and he's now in the automotive industry, which I helped uh, guide him with in the beginning, and he's doing six figures in a matter of months. Now, he is just mm-hmm. smashing in the same model. And basically, the whole concept is that any kind of business he wins, he quickly gets a supplier to handle delivery so that he could just focus on running the business. Yeah, so he can market and he can sell and he can be the one. He's a marketing business. Right. So if John Carlton was here, he'd say he's doing kind of Operation Money Suck. He's the guy whose job is to bring in the the bucks. Go and get the money. Go and get the money, exactly. Now, I might might be worth pointing out here – if you want to like really middle, middle, middle man this model, the way that I did it was I actually had other people selling the service as well and other people supplying the service when I started this model. I actually started this business model live at an event that I called Business Internet Formula, mm-hmm. which is the recordings of are still in my community and they're still classic recordings because at that event, SEO Partner was born. And it was the simple idea of having a contract supplier deliver SEO and then I had affiliates selling it. So I truly was in the middle. There was someone else selling it, someone else supplying it, and I got to keep a margin. Now, as time moved on, I realized that the margin I was keeping, and I I was doing about $650,000 in sales at, at the point where I realized that my margin wasn't big enough. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm paying out affiliates, I'm paying a supplier, and the margin could be improved if I took over my own team. But that requires special skill sets. You now have have to be uh, very good at organising and communicating and running a team, and and it's not for everyone, as you know. 
<laughs> and it's certainly not the yeah, it's totally not for everyone as I know. But it's also not for getting started. Like right exactly. now, if you're getting started, I think the lesson is do the you know do the shortest line between you and the money. Yeah, do the minimum amount of things possible yeah. and and just nail it. So get started quickly. So even I did that for the first few years. Have someone else supply. Yeah. The reason I eventually took it over is that I felt I could do a much better job and and provide heaps better quality product and manage the process better, which proved out, out to be correct. Yep. And eventually I stopped the front end of having other people sell the product because I'm good at marketing as well. So I ended up keeping both margins. So that's the mature strategy. But for now… Yeah, and the startup is you're the middleman. You find somebody who's got a need and somebody who can deliver the need and you connect them together. It's just straight arbitrage really. Yeah. And yep. he's doing it in a market that's not that sophisticated when, when he started doing this. And we're talking about four years ago. Yep. In anyway, so in terms of results, he made one hundred and ten thousand dollars in the first five months with pretty much no internet marketing knowledge. He skipped all the silly posts and garbage distractions that everyone else does, and he wasn't doing the same stuff that I did. And I don't know about you, when I started learning how to build a website myself, it took me so long, and I spent so Dude. much time dicking around on fonts and colors and layouts, pretty much. Anything to distract me from the reality of having to actually get the money, figure out how to make money from this business. <laughs> so the the big lesson that came from this is he just got down to doing the work because he literally had a gun at his head. He had he had to do it, and this model was totally proven and tested. He had my guidance holding his hand, showing him the right things to do, and he did it. And that's the bit that a lot of people get hung up on the actual doing part. Yeah. 100% right. I think the, I mean, you mentioned that it was an emerging market and it was four years ago. And I, the one thing that's in my head is I just don't want people to go, oh, well, then this middleman strategy won't work for me now. It works better now. Because it works great now because people are educated. They know, they know they need this stuff. You don't have to do the education piece. You see, yeah, that's it. it back when I was selling the websites and SEO to lawyers and car dealers about, I think it's, oh, gee, 2007, you know, we're talking about seven mm -hmm. years ago. They didn't know anything about this Google or Facebook or whatever. There was it just it was all foreign, and you had to do a lot of education. Now people are actively seeking; it. they're they're looking for it, and the supply quality out there's, for the most part, poor. So there's a sea of unqualified bad marketers out there flogging services that they can't really deliver on. If you have good quality supply, and that's really, really important, and if you build enough margin that you can market properly, you're going to have a great business. So uh, it's worth noting that today, James Reynolds is a seven-figure business. He's coming to Superfast Business Live. He's talking about his business model as it is today, and you'll be inspired to know what happens today. And he still gets supply from third party. We still supply yep. him the SEO and he's still making a great margin and he's got his own little team running this, probably much like you and much like me, his own little team running the marketing side of the business. And uh, we should probably go through some of the steps that you might want to go through, okay? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go. If we kind of busted this down into kind of three, four, five steps, yeah. what would they be? Middleman model is uh, you find a customer with a problem. Yep. Okay. So like they either don't... It, al it always starts with who's the person and what's their problem. Yeah. So they don't have a website. 50% of businesses in Australia still don't have a website. Is that right? 
Yeah. That's disgusting. It's pretty amazing. And if they do, they're probably finding that they're not getting good results. So they, they probably haven't updated it. It's probably been put together by the local uni student kid, the, the son of a daughter, the son of a friend down the road or something. It's, you know, there's not that many good websites. And maybe they can't get found on Google. But step two is you sell them a solution. So step one, find a person with a problem. Step two, sell them the fix. Yep. Solution. Yeah. And I want to just dig on this a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people are going to at this point say, well, well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to solve the problem. You don't have to know how to solve the problem. You just have to know where to find people who can. Have to know what the, yeah, you just have to know what the answer yeah. is. When I first sold a website, I didn't know how to build a web form. Mm. I didn't know how to put it on someone's server. I didn't know how to hook up emails, but I was able to find out how to do it through trial and error or uh, asking a friend. Yep. And with, you know, with communities like mine and yours and with supply like mine, we've been asked every single question that's possible to be asked by now after six years. <laughs> like we, we know the answers. Totally. So if you have a good supplier, they'll, t- they'll guide you. They'll give you materials that you can literally just put your own logo on and hand to a customer. So the third thing is yeah. have someone else, a supplier, create the solution. Yeah, create and deliver it, right? Yeah. So if, if you sold a website – then you go and order the website from your supplier and they deliver it. If you sell SEO services, you go and order SEO services from your supplier and they deliver it. You're not doing anything other than placing the order and managing the customer's expectations. Yeah. So you're like the you're the project manager or the client manager and the you know, you're the middleman. You're the guy who looks after the person. But- you are the guy in the middle. And yeah. and just in case it's not obvious, be sure to add a markup. <laughs> I think so. That was really important. You know, the, the, the good thing is you're invoicing the customer, you're getting paid with the customer, you have the customer relationship, they, you know, they are your customer and your supplier is just quietly in the background providing you the bits and pieces and they're not trying to take the credit for the work, they're not having the end relationship with the customer. If you want a simple analogy for this, just think about the car that's sitting in your driveway. The, the chances are that the car manufacturer didn't make the tires that are on that car. Yep. And they probably didn't make the battery or the light bulbs. You know, Bosch might have made the light bulbs or Michelin might have made the tires or Century might have made the battery. They outsource components to make up that car. And you're not buying a you know, Mercedes-Benz slash Bosch Michelin, uh, Michelin slash Bosch yeah. vehicle. You buy a Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. That's who you have the relationship with. It's up to Mercedes to manage their suppliers and to get their supply right and to get the quality supply and to make sure that it fits the package properly. And that's all you're doing but in an online sense. Yep. I think that's really, really smart. So can I just dig in a little bit because people are probably wondering, well, so uh, you know, how much can I mark this up? You know, do you have any kind of rules, guidelines about you know, if something costs you X, you should sell it for Y? Are there kind of any rules like that? Yeah, there's lots of ways to price things. You can price comparatively so you can see what other people charge in the marketplace. That's a comparative price. You can do a cost plus pricing method, which is probably the easiest and most um, common one. Yep. And cost plus is like you have your supply price plus a margin. Yep. And I would say uh, most of my resellers are doubling or tripling our supply price. It's as simple as that. So... If they buy a custom website for say seventeen ninety nine, they're going to be selling that for about five or six thousand dollars, and probably no less than three and a half thousand. If they're buying SEO for two hundred and seventy nine dollars a month, the chances are they're selling that for between 
$850 to $500 per month yep. because they've got to allow for some administration and their marketing and that's what their 50% is for is to have that relationship and manage the customer and to find the customer and to deliver the product. So you want at least a 50% margin on anything you're selling which means you double your supply rate mm-hmm. or as a lot of people would, would suggest, uh, you know, guys like John Logar, who's very good at this and has created a lot of training material for my community, would tell you to make your supply cost about a third of the equation. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. Great. So let me just kind of recap the, you know, the, the three or four steps are, you know, find a customer with a problem, you know, someone who's got a, in this case, an online marketing hole, you know, no website, doesn't rank not getting results. So find a yep. person with a problem. Number two, sell them a solution. You don't need to know how to do the solution. You just need to know what the solution is and and who can do it for you. Number three, which is have yep. you know, which is where that person comes in, have a supplier create the solution, which you then kind of introduce because you're the middleman. And that, step four is kind of add markup and it's kind of either two times or three times as kind of a, a ballpark. It's a ballpark for um, online services. Yes. Yeah. yeah, love that. Yeah, and uh, and you are now a marketing business, and you're a business owner, and you, you know, when you scale this, this is what happens: you start automating or outsourcing your selling, so you can do guest appearances on TV shows. Like James has been uh, on local TV stations as an expert for online marketing. He's appeared at Google conferences. He's on podcast. He started a podcast at my recommendation, uh, which is a great podcast. He has set up a PPC company that is a sister company to the SEO company. Strategically, that allowed him to still be able to do business with people who wouldn't be able to do business with him as a one-stop shop because they have a competitive product. So he could now partner his SEO business with other PPC agencies because he's put his PPC company to the side. And he's really a traffic expert and he's the dominant force in that market. And the people who um, in that market go to him. And he's able to now create value adds around the supply. You know, in-house they can do other stuff like customize reports, do extra research, join different suppliers together to make unique packages. You can really easily differentiate in the market. And the key is to always have quality supply, never compromise your customer and to you know have good follow up and customer relations and billing systems there's a lot of subtopics around this how to bill uh, how to get the customers um, what supply you know what do you what do you do and it, there's so much information on this uh, one of the resources that was helpful for James was he went and studied all of the Kyle Tully material that I had from speaking at my previous events mm-hmm. and then the John Logar material and we have a whole section in my community dedicated to this topic because it's a model that uh, – this is the model that I quit my job on, by the way. It took two customers. Right. It's Yeah, it's almost always way less than you think. Yeah, I was making $11,000 a month from two customers for seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recurring, always it, right? Always do it recurring, recurring packages. And uh, you'll have any number of people tell you, oh, you can't get a customer to pay more than a couple of hundred bucks. You're not targeting yep. the right customer. Hello? You don't target those people. When we go to step one, which is find someone with a problem. Yeah, find, find uh, yeah, a big enough problem that's worth – You want yeah, someone who's yeah. got a problem and they know it. <laughs> yeah, and they know it and they're ready to spend money to solve it. That's the best type of person. And, and of all the businesses on the yeah, planet, 
there's plenty of businesses you can go and help. Mate, one of the things I love about this model, sorry to kind of jump in, but I think one of the kind of the key lessons is being the middleman, let him do what most business owners need to do, which is to be the, the front end of your biz. And most businesses are the front end and the middle and the back end and kind of everything. And this, you know, literally putting himself in the middle and saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't make it and I don't deliver it myself forces him to be at the front end. And every, most businesses have the problem where they're so busy making it and delivering it that they don't get a chance to be the front guy. Exactly. And, and So he's now in the driver's seat, not in the passenger seat or the boot. Well, the next uh, sort of step up for James was he came into Silver Circle, the next layer up. And this is, by the time he got there, he was making money. Suppliers were doing the delivery, but he's doing a lot of project management because now, you know, he's conducting everything. Yeah. And he had quite a few different services. So he had a capacity issue. And I know we've talked in a previous episode about the capacity marketing seesaw. But he had quite a lot of customers and quite a lot of suppliers and he was sort of customizing jobs too much. So we might want to talk about that scenario and how you overcome it. Yeah, like next – so his, his first problem was – I need money. Yeah, he's basically in a and really, really difficult situation. He needed a business model that worked and that he could scale. Perfect. So he did that. And he then got there pretty quickly. Yeah. And that created the second problem. Now, yeah, stage is- two, you start optimizing. Exactly. And these are the better problems to have. We're making money now. How do we reorganize things to make it even better? Exactly. So now he's got this capacity problem. He's got lots of different customers, lots of different suppliers. Now he's in the middle. He's doing custom jobs. So he's, you know, now he's kind of the project manager guy instead of the yeah, the guy at the front. Yeah, and and of course, the more you want to customize stuff, the more you get wrapped up in dealing with customers and consulting and managing expectations and trying to rearrange suppliers' packages. So it it can cap your growth because you kind of get this time constraint. So here's what what we did um, because he had a lot of custom services and package services. He built SEO Sherpa, which was just focused specifically on SEO. And he basically made it recurring revenue, no custom jobs, clear black and white results, like very clear promises uh, with no strange interpretations. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when, like, as a website developing company owner, I can tell you website development is a classic <laughs> because it's so sub- subjective. No, yeah, nobody knows what they want, but as soon as you do what they say they want, it's not that. Oh, and it, you might think it looks great. Yeah. Someone else thinks it looks terrible. It's just this constant friction. That's why pre-done themes are so good for our business. He also now had a lot less customer management because it was clear packages. And he also had a natural affinity uh, because SEO is so easy to to leverage off anyone who already had a website rather than getting stuck in the website design side of things. And he quickly became the number one leader in the market for that. And And then the second phase was building a team and systems, which is, of course, one of my sweet spots. And he's got a mostly Filipino team. No yeah, surprises no there. A couple of local people uh, who are, you know, I think if you're going to go agency model, you are probably looking at some local people, whether they're salespeople or someone who can actually answer the phone in a, in a native language and, you know, be close to your office. Yep. And originally doing project managers, mainly just to, just to be... Uh, like sub-middlemen to liaise between customer and supplier so you can rise above that and just see overview the whole business. And then we set up things like Zendesk, a support desk, uh, and he's now mainly just doing strategic stuff so that he's working on his standard operating procedures and his uh, conversions and sales statistics and driving the business like a real business owner. 
So just to paint a picture, he's now got this larger team with a mix of in-house and external suppliers giving him control and scalability. He's kind of like a cloud server. He's got some in-house, but then he's got external supply on tap that he can just scale up. And that's why it's good to deal with a dedicated supplier instead of task sourcing off jobs boards because it's hit and miss with them. And, and you know, one contractor can very rarely scale if you go and get 10 times the work, but a, a large team who's really good at what they do can scale. 100%. Yeah, love this. So he's basically, he's gone from fixing the money problem to then simplifying, kind of narrowing down the services to then adding people that can kind of deliver the work for him. Yeah, and he's acutely aware of his own constraints and constantly replacing tasks that he's doing to someone else. Love it. So then he added a second hull to the boat. You've often heard me talk about the catamaran theory where there's two hulls joined by the trampoline and powered by the sails heading the same direction in alignment. That's what I view this podcast as. Yeah, this podcast is totally that. Yeah, You and me, we are a catamaran heading the same direction, individual hulls but pointed the same way. Now, he added this PPC service I talked about, which was very narrow focused, but it had two profit centers uh, now because he's got SEO, he's got PPC, all of the business name and the and the site design and everything were developed within our community mm. with the guidance of other people. This is where the mastermind effect came in. And they can basically either work together or independently. And that's the secret to this catamaran thing. He could go into a company and say, we can do SEO and PPC. Or he could go to a PPC agency and say, let us do SEO for your customers. Or he could go to an SEO firm and say, let us do PPC for your customers. So it gave him that scale and flexibility and now he didn't have that conflict with other suppliers. And so I think it was a strategic master move. And um, basically there's some steps for how he grows this business. Do you want to go through those? Yeah, I totally do. So now he's got the system. He's got the machine. It's all set up. He's got his supply. He's got his team. He's got his systems, SOPs. He's got his KPIs, uh, lots of acronyms. Now, one more <laughs> acronym. He does his A-OK. OTR. <laughs> yep. He's doing own the race course marketing, which is just – videos, podcasts. He's cranking out his business-to-business sales template. I actually created for my Silver Circle members a business-to-business sales template. You don't hear about these very often. We're often hearing about business-to-consumer webinars. You're very good at that stuff. But what do you use to sell commercial customers, commercial solutions? Knowing all I did about Mercedes-Benz and BMW and Vodafone, I created a business-to-business template that for me generated huge sales, like six figures in sales off just one, off the first run. He landed two $10,000 a month clients with this template as soon as he used it. And I, I share this with my members. It's very simple. It's deceptively simple, but it's unbelievably powerful. And he then started adding his public speaking, media appearances, and the authority marking. And he is a celebrity within that marketplace because he's been on television. And, of course, I would recommend he publishes a book now. I think that's the next logical thing. And just an important note here, no outbound sales. Everything's inbound. Love that. It's killer. Right. So results. He basically went to very high six-figure revenue, which is predictable and recurring. And I dare say, he's, I think he's just tipped yep. from the latest conversation I had. I think he's just tipped or on the verge of seven figures. He's now got a balanced lifestyle. So he's time off. He's working from home by the beach. 
he's very proud of what he's built because it's it's man made. You know, he created this from from nothing. He's yeah. the one that sat at the conference, yep. purchased my package, joined my community, and worked the business model. He actually got on the phone with me and did what I said and got the results. See, I could tell people what to do, but they have to do it. And he's now the search engine marketing guy. He's writing for Entrepreneur Magazine. He's uh, ranked number three for media and marketing podcasts. He's got a co-branded event with Google. And if you would ask him, you know, what are the key lessons from all of this? He'd say, get a mentor or mastermind happening for you because his whole business was built inside that mastermind slash mentor community. He's been one of my longest Silver Circle members. He's got a narrow focus. So he went from a lot of services down to just one core service, which is Viravo. And he's got his teams and SOPs that can scale. It's really important when you're building something, think about not now or next year, but what happens when you 10x this business? What breaks? And start fixing that now. Yeah. And and if you were to say, how could you do the same thing? You just basically follow the same steps. If I yeah, kind of summarize, I think if you kind of zoom out, what he really did was he just fixed one constraint at a time. So his first constraint was, you know, I've got no money yeah, and I've got to turn it around quick. Right? So kind of important. Right. So right. So his constraint, his first constraint was money. Uh, his second constraint was, okay, this is going really good, but it's starting to get complex. So he streamlined services. And then his third constraint was, you know, how can I scale if it's me? So now he's added team. And if you think about the three constraints, you know, money, complexity, and scale, he's gone from yeah, each one of those was a, you know, a money level too. So he was kind of at broke was his money constraint. Complexity was, you know, he's in six figures and then he's you know, just tipping over to seven figures right now, which is the scale thing. So I think kind of one of the lessons is, you know, what's your, what's your next constraint and fix that now and always be looking, you know, what's the next constraint and how do I fix that ahead? That's one of the things that we do every 12 weeks is we have a look at where we've, where we, you know, what, what did we think we we're going to do the last 12 weeks? What did we end up doing? What did we learn from that? What wins did we have? How do we celebrate it? What are we hoping to do in the next 12 weeks? And I always think of that huge metaphor of we know the platform we want to get to uh, down the track. We lay the tracks back to where we are and we work it station by station and, and we have 12-week station checkups or literally actually we have, we have a weekly checkup. It's like where are you at this week? And, uh, you know, are there any logs on the track? Are you still shoveling the coal? Is everything working well? You know, is, is your engine driver happy? <laughs> and just this constant progress. You know, it's been a few years in the making, but it's just great to see something start from nothing, like absolute zero. And these days I don't take on startups, but I've certainly started up plenty of successful businesses within my own community. It definitely takes a lot of effort. There's a, there's a lot of hard work to be done but it can really be minimized if you follow the established tracks that have gone before you now that james has done this it's just a a great proof case study that it's possible to do it i should point out that with our services that we resell i'm exposed to hundreds of resellers so i know this is not a one-off this is happening on a large scale and i must be only a small part of the overall market and I'm seeing hundreds. So there's plenty of opportunity out there for the middleman model today. Yeah, there totally is. So I think if you're in the, you know, kind of the getting started space, if you go, you know, what, what's the lessons here, you know, for James? Well, it's find somebody with a problem, sell the solution, have somebody else, you know, help you deliver it and then kind of scale up from there. The big thing for him is, well, you know, you can either sell 
you know, services or info. In his case, he's gone services because it was an easy start. Uh, team up with somebody who can deliver, in this case, you, and uh, bam, you know, it's kind of, it's just launched a, a mini empire thing, which is extraordinary. Well done to James and uh, one under you, James. Yeah. Well, services are easy to start, a bit harder to scale, but yeah, as completely. you scale, there's more barriers to entry to other people knocking you off. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's an interesting uh, model that I think is, uh, you know, it served me well. It really did help me. It got me out of a job and it's given me at least seven figures of my revenue comes from service provision. So I'm a big fan, <laughs> and especially on recurring model. And interestingly, I've taken totally. a position of wholesaler vendor. I'm not dealing with the end users. Yeah, now you're supplying to the middlemen right now. I just don't want to be dealing with the end users. There's plenty of people who are great at that. And I've I've done my retail time walking the floor, speaking to thousands of people. <laughs> I, I'm ready to – I just want to run the business in the background and have the best quality supply. But there's plenty of James Reynolds out there who are really keen to set up their own business and work off a, a really solid supply source that they know they can trust. Totally. I mean, we use you guys for, for web dev and the – you know, the emails you get from Matt, I think it's Matt. I don't even know if there's a real Matt, but Matt saying, uh, you know, just like a check-in. So like every time I said, uh, hey, where's this up to? We get an answer, you know, sometimes within like 10 minutes. Like it's really fast. And so just, you know, someone you can trust is awesome. That, you know, that gives you the confidence to get out and and find the front end, you know, and be the middle guy. Well, I'm really glad you didn't sit down and try and build your own WordPress site. I totally did not. <laughs> totally did not. Uh, we'd like, still be here seven years later. That'd be well. It'd be forty hours for someone competent to build your website. So imagine how long it would take me or you. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I learned that when I started, and I I learned pretty quickly what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. I was a bit. Sl- I was a slower learner on that one, but I've I figured it out now. There's no reason someone should build websites or sit there and write articles when there's great suppliers. So this could be our uh, longest episode, but I think there's some valuable lessons there and a real, uh, you know, start your own business opportunity totally. waiting. I think, I think that's great. So if you're getting started, one of the avenues you should totally look at, look at is the middleman model. Yeah. Dude, great episode. Well done to James. Uh, super impressed with, uh, with his work and, uh, you know, Varavo, good job. Yeah, be sure to say hi to him at Superfast Business Live. Totally. I'll be there and uh, looking forward to it. You're listening to SMP with James Schramko and Talkie Moore. Visit salesmarketingprofit.com.